Hey, good morning. Well, it's great to be with you. And like Eric said, last week in honor of South by Southwest, we started a backstage pass series. It was a look behind the scenes of what we're after here at Gateway, a, a snapshot, if you will. And if you didn't catch us this past Sunday, again, we looked at something called the character matrix, a pathway for us to come as you are and then advance towards transformation. You and I are invited to come as you are. And then as we meet each other in community, as we meet God, we are invited then to become women and men who experience healing and then bring healing into our world out of courage. So instead of foolishness, we choose things like wisdom. Instead of greed, we choose generosity. And today we're going to ask the question, well, what do transformed people do? What do followers of Jesus look like? What do they sound like? In Shakespeare, there's this quote in one of his plays, and it goes like this. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. If all the world's a stage, then what's your part today? Are you the prideful man who boasts about his accomplishments, or the woman who tries to hide her voice because of past mistakes, believing that she doesn't have anything to offer? Or are you on a pathway towards courage, towards generosity? In Shakespearean plays, actors and actresses, they would often sing their parts. Song was used as an effective device to establish a person's character. It would point to their motivations and their emotions. And most importantly for Shakespeare, song captured the essence of a person's being. And of course, we're here in Austin, so the song's kind of important to us. We're the music capital of the world, aren't we? So imagine you're on the stage of life. Your part is about to begin. What does your song sound like to you, to others? As you consider that question, I want to invite you to check out this video. It's a story about a man who has learned to sing a particular kind of song through his life and through his work. I arrived at Dolores Mission as pastor in 1986. It was the poorest parish in the city. It had the highest concentration of gang activity in the world. Walking into some Los Angeles neighborhoods these days is like walking into a police station. In the Los Angeles Police Department's war on street gangs. Who do you hang out with the bloods? Armed, deadly, out of control in Los Angeles. I pretty much grew up in the gang lifestyle. My aunt was murdered, my father was murdered, uh, my brother was murdered. You know, that was pretty much the life. I ended up going down that same path. So it was just like, be a prostitute, a gang member, or a robber, or be all of the above. What do you do with someone like me? I don't have a drug problem, I don't have an alcohol problem. You know, I've had a gang problem. And everything that G was offering is everything I needed. G-Dog is Father Greg Boyle, a 37-year-old Jesuit priest in East Los Angeles. In a neighborhood that is torn with gang violence, Father Boyle has earned a measure of respect from young Latino gang members who call him by that name. If only they had a reason to get up in the morning and a reason not to gangbang the night before. Enough is enough. Because folks wouldn't really hire them, we created our own enterprises. 
across the street from the church was an abandoned bakery. So it had ovens. I said, we'll buy the bakery and we'll put hairnets on gang members, on rivals, still bake bread, we'll call it Homeboy Bakery, which was the sole extent of my business plan. Now we're the largest gang intervention rehab reentry program on the planet. You know, you can't scare a person straight, you can only care a person straight. What I learned was how to be around people who I consider my enemies. I learned how to really look at somebody and not see them for a color that they wear or a city that they represent and look at them for just the good in them. Human beings can't demonize people they know. So the bakery has always been that shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder experience where in no time at all, there's something that they discover. They find this kinship with each other. Now they have a bond that they never knew could ever exist, certainly not a bond they ever experienced before, not in their gang, not in their family, because community trumps gang every time. All of our restaurants have a baking component, so we had two levels of externs at Bouchon, one in the bake shop and one in the restaurant. Well, I think Father Boyle, to me personally, is, is, is a mentor, someone who exemplifies that true definition of compassion and understands what it takes to change the way things are and make them better. Anthony, God bless you, protect you, always walk by your side, keep you strong and faithful. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. If I had hair, that's what I would do. <laughs> but I don't have any. When you come from the life that we come from, you always question everybody's motive. And with G, you don't question anything. You just feel embraced, you feel his love. He didn't just save my life, he saved the community. You know, that's, that's G, like he saved all of our lives. I just think about Father Greg believing in me I do mean something. I do deserve a second chance. I love you, dog. I love you too, son. How you doing, my son? Very good. I love coming here. I love being connected to these folks. And I stand in awe at what they've had to carry rather than in judgment at how they carry it. They're noble and courageous, and the day won't ever come when I'm closer to God than these folks are. awesome that his nickname is G-Dog, right? <laughs> well, in a world that's filled with fear and insecurity and even violence, isn't that an amazing picture of what our hearts yearn for? And what I love about Father Greg Boyle's story is that it also captures an essential question that so many of us ask, sometimes on our hard days and sometimes on the best of days. It's this question, who am I created to be? Who are you created to be? Am I just a product of dysfunction and violence of my past, things that I had no control over? Does my skin, my nationality, my past determine my worth as a human being? Am I simply the sum total of my mistakes and my successes, just addition and subtraction? Or am I created for something more? In Father Greg Boyle's life story and work, we do discover that we are created for something more. As you look in Genesis, the first book of the scriptures, we find that we are created in the very image of God. We're created to create. You and I are designed to co-labor, to cultivate towards freedom, towards life, towards beauty. 
And yet, because of the brokenness in this world and sometimes the foolish choices that we make, we're also wired for struggle. And each and every one of us has this capacity for good and for evil. And that's true for all of us in all stages of life. Think of the four-year-old kid about to start school for the first time or the 12-year-old middle schooler trying to make sense of her grandma's passing, the 16-year-old high schooler trying to make sense of his anxiety and his fear, in a world gone mad with high school massacres and bullying, the 40-year-old single trying to discover purpose, and the couple who's been married for 40 years. Each and every one of us has this tremendous capacity for beauty, and yet we also struggle with sometimes the darkness within ourselves. So what do we do to overcome the worst parts of ourselves to become transformed people who go into the world and heal? How do we not get caught up in our own bro broken patterns? Well, as people made in the image of God, we need to learn how to go beyond just the cultural scripts that oftentimes we hear in our world. The things that tell us, well, you're too young to make a difference. You've made way too many mistakes. Don't bother. We don't need you. Just protect your own. No need to worry about the world or about others around you. To counteract the worst parts of ourselves, we have to learn to tune in to the one who created us. We have to tune in to God. And I know that not all of us are convinced of God yet, but I want to invite you just for a moment to be open to that possibility. Above the voices and the messages that we might hear in our world, there's another voice that breaks in through scripture we hear in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19, that the spirit of the Lord is upon Jesus. He goes on to say, because he anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind, to set, the free, or to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. This is the mission cry of Jesus. Theologians and scholars call this mission the centralizing force that organizes the entire gospel of Luke. Here we find that the spirit of the Lord is upon Jesus, empowering him to bring good news to the poor. And the more time you spend inside of Luke, the more you discover that the poor isn't just those who physically suffer. It also extends to those who suffer relationally, personally, spiritually. God's mission is to bring healing to all of us. So if Luke 4, 18 through 19 were a song, then it would be God's grand opus to us. Right? It would be marked by a building crescendo, a healing melody that diffuses the tensions in our world and in our lives, releasing a salve to all who would hear it. This is God's song of grace, a song that cuts through the mess of our lives and calls out to the depths of our souls. It is a song that doesn't imprison, but sets us free from our prisons. When I hear music like this, divine, imaginative, and hopeful, there's something about just the texture of its sound. When it's played or sing in, uh, sung in such a particular way, it just tastes so right. Cello like dark, rich chocolate. The A string of a bass like 
perfectly braised short ribs that melt inside of my mouth. It's music to my ears and food for our souls. Do you hear God's song today? Come, listen, tune in. The reverberations of this song drive the mission of Jesus, and it drives the mission of the church, communities just like Gateway. We are meant to find healing, to bring hope. The church has always been called to be the representation of Jesus to hurting and broken world. We represent Jesus in every generation. We're meant to carry Jesus' mission, or God's song, if you will, forward in our lives. So that means Jesus' mission is our mission. Jesus' song is our song. Jesus' purpose is our purpose. But maybe that's not what you imagine when you think about the church. Maybe instead you think of a group of really, really, really religious people, people who have it all figured out and they just thumb their noses at the rest of us. Maybe you think of people who just are perfect. Or perhaps you think of symbols and stained glass windows, or if you've been hurt by the church in the past. Perhaps a, a place of hypocrisy and judgment. Ultimately, the church was never designed to be any of those things. The design of the church was always to be a collection of broken people with broken melodies coming together, finding healing in Jesus. We have different backgrounds, and then as we discover more of ourselves in God, we're sent out into the world as wounded healers to bring hope rather than more brokenness. Much more than just a building or a service, the first thing that the church is about is grace and love. We're not a museum of saints, friends. Our song is a radical song of love, a, a song of love that crosses boundaries, a song that fights for the sanctity of life in all places, in all situations, and for all people. So is that true of your life today? What do you hear? What kind of song? What kind of noise? You know, for a while, I've struggled with discovering this part of who I am. What's my song? What's my life about? Through my early childhood and even into early adulthood, I just struggled with this thing called pride. And if you remember last week, we talked about how pride is either thinking too highly of yourself or thinking way too lowly of yourself. It really comes down to just thinking too much of yourself. And so for a long time, I struggled with thinking too lowly of myself. I thought I didn't have anything to offer, that I didn't belong. And so it was a hard, hard journey for me. And I wonder, have any of you felt that way in your own life? Well, as I began to experience more of God and community just like this, I started to sense that God was transforming me, inviting me into something new. And as I was looking through the scriptures one day, I came across this beautiful poem. It's from Psalm 139, 23 through 24. In it, King David writes this prayer, and it goes like this. Let me just share a couple words. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. This was a game changer for me. 
And as I began to take the words of this prayer and make them my own, I had to do some battle within myself. I had to figure out, how do I let go of some of these lies that I've grappled with for so long, that I've believed about myself? What kind of new truths does God have for me? And how can I begin listening to that song more? We are meant so much more than just for eating, drinking, living life, and being merry. You and I are created in the image of God, the Imago Dei. And so that means that if you were to put in your mixtape of life today, I mean, would you hear things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Or would you hear something markedly different? What kind of song do you have? Do you struggle right now with trying to figure out life? You're banging on the keys of life. Or are you on a pathway towards transformation, courage, generosity? It can be tough to be honest about our songs and our lives sometimes. In a way, we can be like Phoebe Buffay from Friends. <laughs> we think... Well, Silly Cats is our song for the world. <laughs> and we invite our friends to come to the coffee shops. Come, come, come listen to my one-hit wonder. We think that we're God's gift to the world. And yet we can't see everybody cringing around us. Or we're like a person standing in front of the mirror. Like Homer Simpson. <laughs> I've heard it said that when women see themselves in the mirror, they add an extra 10 pounds in their minds. Well, for men... It's the exact opposite. We see a minus 10 pounds at least. What would it look like for us to view ourselves accurately, with honesty? Not seeing ourselves as too far gone, but not seeing ourselves more highly than we really ought. Not thinking of ourselves better than we really are. Well, as we invite God to examine our lives, as we pray things like Psalm 139 in our life, the amazing thing about our God is he doesn't just help us to begin to notice some of the shadows in our life. God's not a God who says, oh man, ugh, that's some really ugly stuff. That's pretty smelly. Good luck with that. No, that's not who our God is. God remains forever for you and for me. He walks alongside of us, and he believes in so much more than we even believe in ourselves and he calls us forwards towards transformation. And so, as we examine our life, the next step that we have to take is to acknowledge or to confess, God, I need your help. I can't figure out life on my own. I can't figure this pathway towards transformation by myself. And so as God brings things into light, God also walks alongside of us. In scripture, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and 7, we read this. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from ourselves. We may be struggling today, we may be struggling when we enter into community like this. We're fragile. We're jars of clay. But through the cracks of our lives, through the cracks of our humanity, 
God desires to let his light shine through your life. We're meant to be reflections of Jesus, representations of Jesus to our world. So whether you're seeking faith today or you've been following Jesus for a while, you and I are called to be something greater than ourselves, to learn a new song, to learn to sing these songs of hope in a world filled with melodies without hope. What new song is God inviting you to sing today? We can never make music like this on our own. And so we start with saying, God, I need your help. And as we acknowledge our need, we start to learn these little musical runs, these small little notes that help us to bring healing and to experience healing also in our lives. And in a sense, if, if God's creation were a concerto, then those of us who say, yes, God, I need your help, we become the second movement. We learn God's song, and we set the stage for God's final act, the time when Jesus will one day return to make all things right, to redeem that which is broken, and to renew all things in this world. What does that sound like in our world today? Well, I think about people like Father Greg Boyle, G-Dog, right? A person who has decided to see the image of God in others, even when they decide, I'm worthless. He upholds the image of God in them. I also think of the Me Too movement and Rachel Denholander, who in the midst of, you know, adding her voice to the many other voices at Larry Nasser's sentencing, offered her abuser forgiveness. And it was an amazing story. It was a hard journey for Rachel. And oftentimes, we're, we're quick to celebrate, wow, she offered her abuser forgiveness. And then we move on. But Rachel didn't move on. She began to become a voice for justice. She modeled a faith in a God who is full of forgiveness, but also full of justice. And so she started to call our institutions to examine systemic practices and policies that have allowed abusers to continue to stay protected when really they need to be called out. And as she was adding her voice and pointing to the scores of women who have been abused in the room with her, she said this. There's this thing in our institutions that creates a culture where a predator can flourish unafraid and unabated. And this is what it looks like when people in authority refuse to listen. This is what it looks like when we fail to create and enforce policy, when we put friendships in front of the truth. Both Greg and Rachel are singing God's song to a broken humanity. And it brings them to these really uncomfortable places sometimes, places that require a courage that only Jesus can give us. What might that sound like in your life today? And before we create way too much distance between ourselves and these heroes of modern-day faith, I want to invite you just to listen to our community here at Gateway. What does it look like for us to sing these songs in the everyday, in the ordinary? I think about people like Doug, who got baptized around this year last year, around this time last year. And I've had the privilege of journeying with Doug for a little while, 
and he's learning how to practice compassion in his life. So we were catching up this past week, and as he was telling me the story about his son coming back from a school event, he described this instance where Julian was walking back into the car. And as he was making his way over there, Doug noticed that Julian's shoulders were kind of slumped, as if it was a really bad day. So he looked at his son as he came into the, into the car and asked him, hey, what's going on? And Julian began to describe this instance of, of bullying. And Doug just listened. Right? Rather than saying, well, hey, just man up, don't worry about your feelings, punch the guy next time. Instead of adding more brokenness to our world, he has this photo that he carries around in his phone. And he brings it up in situations like this. He shows his son, well, what emotions are you feeling right now? Let's, let's identify them. Where does it show up inside of your body? And he teaches his son how to have empathy for the bully, how to have compassion for others. Maybe that bully is actually experiencing something really tough at home. Isn't that amazing? He's bringing healing to a broken world, teaching his son to do the same. I also think of Raph and Erica, people who had a dream to one day create a community that practiced community just like, just like our teacher Jesus teaches us. And now they're doing it out in Dripping Springs with a network of tiny homes. I also think of Luis, who faithfully serves every Sunday. He helps us to greet others just like yourself. And when his homeland of Puerto Rico was wrecked by hurricanes this past year, he started to ask us and to challenge us as a community. We were so quick to respond to Houston, what, what might it look like for us to, to think outside of just our immediate boundaries? How can we care for a place like Puerto Rico as well? And one of the main reasons why our youth group now is going out to Puerto Rico to serve on a GO team this year is because of Luis and also our reconciliation network. They're challenging us to become more like the people of God. What's the common note across all of these melodies? How did these people discover how to create a new song in their lives? Well, that common note really is a simple yes to Jesus' invitation. Jesus says, follow me. Come, follow me. I'll teach you this new song. God stays faithful to us, even when we might slip up from time to time. And he points us to the next step and the next step and the next step. Hit this snare over here. Ad-lib another line over there. Try maybe some of these notes. And as we take those steps, God begins to teach us a new song that accompanies God's grand song to this world. Listen again to the first line of Jesus' mission. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Where once we might have stood off at a distance, judging ourselves or judging others, we now engage because God invites us to practice a curious compassion for those around us. I think about the woman at the well when Jesus enters into the region of Samaria, a place that his Jewish counterparts would avoid altogether. They would rather travel extra miles, spend extra days, rather than going into this place that a people they detested occupied. But Jesus enters because of his compassion. He meets this woman who's been rejected by her community, the outsiders to outsiders, and her life is transformed forever. She begins to bring healing to her community. 
When we start singing God's song, we become people who choose not to judge. Instead, we practice curious compassion. There's a phrase that we teach our GO teams. It's not wrong, it's different. And in the midst of that difference, we learn to find beauty. Instead of building up walls or judging differences, we learn how to love across those differences. When was the last time you practiced a curious compassion for those in your life? Maybe it's your son or your daughter who needs this. Or perhaps it's a coworker who just moved in from another country. Or maybe it's your spouse, the one that you got into an argument with this past week, and for the life of you, you couldn't figure out their perspective. Could you sit, be still, and listen, try to engage? I've always been surprised by people who practice compassion in their lives because oftentimes they not only discover healing for themselves, but they bring healing to our world. People like Father Greg Boyle, people like Doug. The next phrase of Jesus' mission, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. We learn sometimes about these tragic experiences of the oppressed. And when we learn, we no longer remove ourselves from the equation or feign blind ignorance. Instead, we begin a journey in uprising to bring God's shalom, God's peace to all people and to all places. And that might lead you to some discomfort. But that discomfort is worth it because we're learning how to uphold the image of God in ourselves and also for others. So that might mean that for some of you, you're going to engage the criminal justice system you're going to engage some of the broken practices of your business that you've noticed are a little bit shady, or the world of education today. Maybe it's your family. Finally, our song resonates with God's love. This final line of Jesus' mission, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. How do we announce the favorable year of the Lord? Well, in Scripture, we hear that out of faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these three is love. Our lives are marked with a radical love, a song that brings healing to all. And so if you want to follow Jesus today, then will you say yes? Will you say yes to the invitation to follow me, to start singing a new song? Invitations from God are always like this. Will you follow me? For some of you who are coming in for the first time, maybe that just means not just coming and then leaving, but maybe just spend five to ten minutes in your car after a message like this. Start coming to our services and afterwards start practicing this discipleship cycle. I learned this during my time with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and it's, it's a great way to begin and continue in our journey with Jesus. It starts by hearing God's invitations, sometimes through scripture, sometimes through instances like this, and then we practice. We respond actively. We live it out in our lives, and then we debrief it with a trusted individual who's already following Jesus. This is actually what Jesus did with all of his followers, and we can do the same. Perhaps it's jumping into starting gate right after this service, joining a life group, or learning to serve others through Gateway and some of the amazing organizations across our city. In a moment, we're going to commission some of our new leaders who are already serving. But before we do that, I want to just invite you to consider, what does this look like in my life today? How can I examine my life? 
to say, God, I need your help. I need your help to learn a new song. Let's just listen for a few seconds, and then I'll pray for us. God, we thank you that you are a God who has created us in your image, that you're after us in ways that we can't even imagine. Your song is a beautiful one that we want to learn, and so would you teach us, would you teach us to examine ourselves, to be honest, and then to learn a new melody that doesn't just turn ourselves back to ourselves, but help us to heal so that we could heal others and bring beauty into this hurting and broken world. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.